This is According to Callus. This is episode 182. Tonight, we're going to say it's about time. And I'm going to do my best to keep this short since I went so long yesterday. It's about time that we show who you are and we are. What do I mean? Well, we have a lot of people that portray themselves as something many of them to get elected, but another group, if you will, have a public face. They present themselves in such a way. They, for lack of a better word, are chameleons or perhaps uh, showmen. And that's not always a terrible thing. I mean, some people have a persona that they uh, put on when they're in public. I don't fault that. As long as it's consistent with the person that they are in private or they maintain the same principles. I do something a little similar from time to time. I mean, there's Stephen in private, down me maybe to a five. And then there's Stephen in public, down me up to maybe a seven or an eight. And then there's Stephen in podcast and uh, probably about an eight or a nine sometimes. But it's consistent it's the same wavelength it's the same principles it's the same message sometimes you have to be a little more measured when you're dealing with people that don't necessarily agree with you or people that are open to what you have to say but may be turned off by how aggressive you are when you put it out and there is the challenge ah yes the challenge so you have to be willing to go forth and speak to people or with people or take part in groups in which you are not the majority or you are not the sole representative. Case in point, tonight there was a forum put on by an education group. I got to say I managed to hit the wrong button and make it go away on my phone. I wanted to give... Uh, Credit where credit is due. Yes. So they offered their platform to all the people running for House District 61. And as you might imagine, the Democrat was there. Uh, Two of the three Republicans had planned on being there. However, one was homesick and one had to leave early. Again, there are only so many things you can do in a given week. So um, you got to have a little grace there. But one guy didn't even show up. Now, I don't know if he truly didn't get the message or if he was unaware or if he had a prior commitment, but that's bad form, in my opinion. When somebody goes to the trouble of putting together an event, it's kind of incumbent upon you to go take part. It's incumbent upon you to be interested in getting your message out to those other people. And when we fail to do that, it is us that are letting the general public down. It is us that have dropped the ball. So it was the future candidate forum for Texas House District 61, future candidate forum, uh, an event by Raise Your Hand 
Texas advocate, Colin and Denton counties, the North Texas Commission, and I guess they had three others that were sponsoring uh, the event. Um, it, there was uh, probably 20 to 30 people there when I got there, and admittedly I got a little late. Um, there were looked like some pretty decent questions being asked, and we had an opportunity to go participate. They invited everybody, and I got to say, I was just a little disappointed that my people, right of center people, if you will, weren't there. They basically no-showed, in my opinion. Now, it is possible that some of those people were there and left when one of the candidates had to leave early. It's also possible that some of those people had left early just because they heard what they wanted to hear, and that's all fine and dandy. But you are still showing who you are. You're showing who we are. You're half-hearted. You're not really engaged. You're not interested in the interaction. Now, for myself, I feel feel entirely confident that I can hold my position, that I can hold my own in a debate or any discussion, and that I'm more than willing to put myself on the line and participate with other people and other groups And go talk about really any issue that I have more than a passing knowledge of. And if you're a candidate, that's especially incumbent upon you to show up and present. Now, like I said, we don't know. I don't know whether or not there was a conflict, if there was something else going on. The gentleman that had to leave early did indeed have a conflict. He stated that before he left. The other gentleman that wasn't able to make it is homesick. You know, if you're sick, you need to stay home. We, If you haven't learned anything in the last two years, if you're sick, stay home. But again, we left the stage. And when I say we, I mean anybody right of center, anybody that claims to care about liberty, any, anybody that has an R after their name, we left the stage empty. And that's poor form. And our representatives, i.e. the people not running but are actually interested in this race, we weren't there either. And when I say we, I mean more than just me. Now, there may have been one or two people in the audience that I, in fact, didn't meet before somewhere else. And if you're a right of center or a liberty lover, then I apologize for offending your sensibilities. But you got to ask yourself, where were the rest of, quote unquote, our people? It is high campaign season, so there are multiple events going on. There are conflicts. This is understood, but then you send somebody in your stead and you give apologies for not being able to participate. You communicate. You put forth the effort to show people that aren't necessarily your primary voters, if you will, the people that would choose you first, but you show them proper respect. You engage with them. This is a reoccurring complaint and theme by, I guess, a large number of groups that feel that the Republican Party, the conservatives in general, i.e. white middle-class people, don't pay any attention to their communities until election time. And then we expect, because we tell a good story, that they should come and agree with us and vote with us. And I got to say, they make a very compelling argument that they have every right. Indeed, they might even claim to have an obligation to ignore us. And basically reject any overture we make towards them. And how can I blame them? So we have to show who we are. 
You have to show who you are, particularly when you're a candidate. That requires that you step out of your comfort zone. That requires that you engage. That requires that you put in the effort. Now, I say this knowing that I don't do the best job at it. It's not for lack of trying. It's not for lack of interest. It's life. Life gets in the way. You know, when I was a candidate a few years ago, I committed to go everywhere I could and meet with anybody that would meet with me. I can't say I was uber successful at that because quite frankly, um, I was already painted in such a light that a lot of people perhaps weren't interested in hearing what I had to say. There weren't a lot of opportunities that um, were provided as far as public forums. Now, I'm not bitter about it. I'm not upset about it. It was a learning experience. At some point in the future, there'll be more candidate forums. There'll be more interest in things. And presumably, the general public will pay attention. That's one of the reasons why I was so glad to be able to partner with McKinney first. That PAC is interested in bringing up relevant topics that are going on right now in our community and talking about it and engaging more than one point of view in it. And I'm happy and thrilled to be able to partake in that. And we'll be starting those up again really soon. We have three more on tap. Those details will be released before too long. In addition to, we have a constable's race. And I will say that a lot of people don't know what the constable is or what the constable does. Why do we need a constable when we have local police and we have a sheriff's department? These are all good questions. But guess what? On February 21st, you're going to get an opportunity to ask those questions. On February 21st, you're going to be able to engage and meet the four candidates that are currently running for the constable's office. Go look at the Constitutional Texans Facebook page or website and get that information. It's there. As time goes on, we're going to do more events where we're focusing on a conversation. We're focusing on Understanding the struggle of different issues. Now, my friends over at the uh, McKinney First Pack, they're going to be focused on things that are directly related to the community we live in. Things that, let's say, are less political and more social in nature. This is some, one of the discussions we've been having. My friends over at Constitutional Texans, and full disclosure, I'm being pulled into a leadership role there. They asked me to come on board, and I'm happy to do so. And we're going to be looking at things that are more partisan, but also things that are more practical. We're going to look at things that you can do to make yourself more independent, that you can make yourself more self-reliant, things that you can do to make yourself less fragile. Because... If you claim to be for liberty, if you claim to be a conservative, you have to be able to stand on your own two feet. You have to be able to take care of your family. These are good questions to ask. If I don't want government interfering in my life, how do I do a better job of taking care of my life? How do I do a better job of taking care of my neighbor so government doesn't have to come in and do it for us? These are coming up. Again, an opportunity to show who we are. To show who you are as an individual. You show up. You get involved. This leads in directly to the next thing. You have to speak truth. And I'm not talking about my truth. The special millennial 
Zoomer truth. No, we're talking about objective truth. Now, the problem is we don't always agree on what is objective truth. The scientific method has been so warped, so mm, creatively twisted as to be relatively meaningless now. But when you can replicate an event by one thing causing another multiple times, it's pretty safe to assume that A causes B. There's a difference between causation and correlation. Just because things often happen together doesn't mean that A caused B. There's a difference. We have to be able to speak the truth. We have to be able to engage with people. We are not doing anybody any good by not telling them the truth. Now, the question is, is how do we do that in such a way that they're going to listen? The question is, is how can you do that without turning them off or chasing them away? There's a fair point there. They talk about speak the truth in love. That's a challenge. It doesn't sound very loving, uh, particularly like, say, you're, we're going to divulge just a little bit here, or diverge. There we go. We're going to diverge just a little bit into a slightly different topic. But if you're a Christian, you believe certain things are sinful behavior, and that sinful behavior separates you from God. As a Christian, you are not doing your friend or your family member anything good or being loving towards them by not telling them the truth, by not explaining to them, yes, I understand that the world teaches that this behavior is now acceptable or this behavior is laudable or loving or whatever else, but the Bible teaches something different. And as a Christian, we don't practice this behavior or we... Don't put something else before God. So you need to stop. You need to not partake. You need to separate yourself from that. Now, the question is, is how do you do that in a loving way? You have to first have a relationship. You have to first have an understanding. You have to first have something there beyond some guy bellowing at people. You're going to go to hell, right? Likewise, in the political sphere, right? In the government sphere, If you're going to tell somebody, that's not government's job. It's not the community's job. It's not the governor's job or the president's job or a state senator's job or a U.S. representative's job. You need to do that. Well, it's kind of tough to do that if, one, you're not doing it yourself, two, you can't demonstrate examples where it's being done, or three, you don't have any relationship there to say, here, come alongside me. Let me show you how to do these things. Or let me show you how you can be in a better situation. I mean, and not everybody's good at everything. I mean, there are polymaths out there that are, or polymaths, that are good at multiple things, but even they aren't able to do everything well. There are a lot of people that do multiple things well, but really are not that good at one or two things. There are people that do one thing exceedingly well and are a mess at other things. There are some people that are hyper-focused and hyper-specialized on this one thing, and they're the best person in the world, but you pull them out of that, and they're average or mediocre. Again, the whole idea of all men being created equal was a metaphorical explanation of how the law was supposed to see people not portraying a new or creating a new reality wherein everybody's actually equal by creation. No, that's clearly not the case. 
Shaquille O'Neal is obviously a better basketball player than I am. Brett Favre is obviously a better quarterback than I am or was or could be in the case of both of those guys. Murray Rothbard is far more accomplished and well-versed in theory than I will likely ever to be. Um, Eddie Murphy is a much better speaker or presenter than I am, right? Uh, I'm just trying to think of some off-the-wall examples here of people that are exceedingly good at what they do. And you can't call yourself equal. You can't say we're all the same. That's not reality. You can say it all you want, but it's not true. One, a little five foot nothing girl is not the physical equal to me. A 12 year old boy is not the, well, okay. 99.9% of the 12 year old boys are not a mental equal to me to, for me to have an expectation that they, either one of them can operate at the same level that I do is equally onerous or disastrous as myself believing I can operate on the level of Brett Favre or Shaquille O'Neal. It's just never going to happen. But you have to be able to communicate that in such a way that people are willing to listen. And if you come across like a abrupt jerk, if you come across like some arrogant, use your own language there, they're not going to listen. People don't care until they know you care. That's an old thing that, you know, salespeople teach, right? Well, they don't care until the, you show that you care. Well, that's a challenge when you have an hour or 30 minutes or five minutes when you meet somebody to convey, convey to them that you actually care about an issue or you care about them as an individual. And, and I got to say, most of the time, I'm not that great at it myself. But one of the things I've been told I think comes across in my podcasts. I'm a genuine guy. I'm not going to tell you something that one, I don't believe two. I don't think is reasonable. And I'm going to be fair and objective. Now I might have my own mindset on something. I might have made my mind up on something, but I'm going to listen to your argument. I'm going to give you an opportunity to convince me I'm wrong. Now, I'm better at that with some people than others. If somebody comes to me and wants to argue about political theory and, quite frankly, they don't know what they're talking about, I'm going to be a little less patient with them than Tom Woods. Of course, I've never had a private conversation with Tom Woods, but if he were to be in the same room as me and want to have a conversation, uh, yeah, I'm going to shut up and listen. How do you not? How do you not recognize when somebody has more knowledge in specific or multiple subjects than you do, you need to pay attention. If I was going to go talk to somebody about my taxes or numbers and I'm meeting with an accountant and the accountant says you need to do X, Y, Z, I might ask questions why just so I can understand and process it, but I'm not going to question that he, whether or not he has the right answer. I'm not going to question if she says, yeah, Mr. Callis, um, you can't deduct that. I might question why so that I understand, but I'm not questioning that they're wrong or that I'm not challenging that they've made the correct assessment. There's a big difference there. 
And you have to be willing to accept people questioning you. And therein lies the rub. Nobody wants to be questioned. You know, there was a an adage, you know, your parents don't want to listen to you because they used to change your diaper. Well, now I'm the parent. I have two daughters. I change their diapers. And sometimes I'm sure that's me. That's how I come across. Yeah, I don't want to listen. I, 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 what do you know? I used to change your diaper. I'd like to think I'm better at that. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to think that I haven't gone down that trap. I, I do my best to not do that, but I, I'm sure I'm guilty of it at some level. And you got to ask yourself, if you're 40, 50, 60 years old and somebody that's 25 or 30 comes along and starts trying to talk to you about something, is your first instinct to say, well, what does this guy know? What does she know about this subject? Clearly, I, I've been around long enough. I'm old enough to be their parent. Well, I'm old enough to be their grandparent. What do they know? Well, you know what? There's a good possibility they may actually know something about the subject that you don't. For instance, I am just enough computer savvy to get myself in trouble. Sometimes I can even get myself out of it. But if I have a question, I go ask somebody that's usually 10 to 15 years younger than me because... One, they probably spend a whole lot more time on their computer than I do. And two, they're probably more familiar with this particular version of the program that I am using. It does not always make sense or it does not always happen that way. But more often than not, that's what I find that works. Again, I want them to tell me. I expect them to speak and and educate me, give me the truth about the situation Again, sometimes better at it than others because when you have to be educated by somebody (laughs) that's young enough to be your kid or worse yet, your grandkid, it's a challenge. Admit it. You know, it makes you uncomfortable. It's okay. It's part of the process. Last part of this. We have to have no fear, which comes directly out of what I just said. No fear. That no fear means that, for instance, tonight, if you are entering a group that doesn't generally agree with you or where you're coming from, you go in with no fear. You lay out your presentation. You stay on point. You remember the principles that you're bringing to the table. Now, I have referenced Ron Paul being excellent at this, right? Consistent, always delivering the same message, not afraid to face down a group that's probably hostile on a specific issue or another, but he always did it. And if you're a candidate, that's your responsibility. But if you are just a politically active person like I am, that is our responsibility. We need to go there and not fear. We need to be open and transparent and have a conversation If somebody actually believes that Marxism is a good thing, if somebody actually wants to speak in favor of critical race theory, instead of attacking them, instead of assaulting them and ignoring them, listen to them and then speak right back to them. Well, I understand what you're saying here. And you bring up a valid point. These were things that weren't great. But let's talk about those solutions that have been proposed or those solutions that were put in place. How did those work out? Do you really think that Cuba was better after 50 years under the Castros? Or do you think perhaps if we would have tried something else, it might have been better? Do you think that, you know, after the Perones got done with Argentina, that it was a safer, better, more developed country? I'm not sure. 
do you really think that the last 30 years of leadership in Chicago in instituting the various policies that they have has made Chicago a better place or a worse place? The flip side could be said. Do you think that the open borders and recruiting businesses to Texas have benefited Texas overall in the political spectrum? Or do you think that maybe perhaps there's a a negative side effect there that we haven't accounted for? There are multiple ways to approach this. And if you're not willing to go forth without fear, being comfortable in what you know, being comfortable in understanding that maybe you don't know everything and you could pick something up new in a conversation, you have no fear. You need to be confident that you know what you know and sometimes you understand that you don't know everything. If you can't go in open-minded and objective and have a conversation, you're failing. What kind of an example are we? But it's about time that we do these things. It's about time that we move beyond our little conversations amongst ourselves, our little echo chamber, our little sanctuary of whatever. Perhaps later this week, I'll, uh, I'll do a, uh, a review of a song. It's off of an old album. Yes, they, it was an album when it came out. It talked about looking through the world with rose-colored stained glass windows. Or looking out to the world through the rose-colored stained glass windows. And it's a critique. It's a critique of some of the things that we do. We insulate ourselves from everything around us. and We just don't know what's going on. If you're not willing to engage, if you're not willing to have a conversation, if you're not willing to put a little something on the line, what are you really doing? So again, you have to show up. You have to show who you are. You have to be willing to speak the truth. And you have to be willing to have no fear when you go to do it. And it can be tough. I, I've been... I've been in the situation where my mouth's gone dry and I've maybe struggled to stay on point, but you have to do it. It makes you better. It makes the community better. It makes everything better when you're willing to just step out and do the right thing. Now, you won't always win friends, but you will earn respect. You won't always convert your enemies, but they'll pay attention. And if you have no fear, your enemies may just develop their own fear of you. And I think that's a fair trade. Well, friends, I went a little longer than I planned, but it's still less than 30 minutes. This was, according to Callus, this was episode 182. It was labeled, It's About Time. And if you thought this was worth your time, I would ask you, share this show like the show. If you're feeling highly motivated, do a review of this show. This message needs to get out. I wish that we could be the voice of Collin County for that matter. Just get out there and spread the local word. Make a difference. Be involved. Show that we care about what's going on around us and put forth just a little bit more effort. And with that, 
I will see you on the other side.